Good morning. Glad that you're with us today. We have uh, several good things going on, so we have some folks gone today. About, I think, 50 or so people are at our father-son uh, retreat this weekend, which is wonderful. And then I know there is a group from our focus class that is in New Iberia, Louisiana today, helping folks there with special projects. And so, no, lots of good things are happening, but I'm glad you chose to be here with us today, that we all come together. We all disagree with each other on Saturdays, but on Sundays we can agree. Well, during football season, right? I will, I am not wearing orange and blue on purpose for the game tonight. Yes, I am. I'm wearing it on purpose for the Astros today. So this morning we're talking about unbecoming. Our series all week, all, all month is about becoming, or all year is about becoming, but all month is about unbecoming. And unbecoming is that word not appropriate or suited to one's appearance or status or character. Something that doesn't look good. Something that is wrong, like we talked about last week. It may be someone would think your dress was unbecoming, or they might think your manners were unbecoming, whatever it may be, that there's those things that don't quite look right. So today we think about unbecoming, but our word this morning is hypocrisy. And so with hypocrisy, you know that word, and I'm just full of definitions today. Hypocrisy pretending to be what you are not, or pretending to believe something you do not. Now, all of my life, maybe not your life, but I can tell you all of my life, I have always heard that I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. You might have heard that before. Well, the truth is, it is. But the entire world is full of hypocrites, right? Of people who claim to be something they're not. And what I pray this morning, that while we all sometimes struggle with hypocrisy, that you're here today because you know the doctor, Jesus, is here. That he is the one that heals, the great physician. That we want to be better than what we were before. And we want to get better all the time. So we want to follow Jesus, the one that helps us out of that hypocrisy. We want to be better. Even pop culture wants that. If you're as old as me, you know Billy Joel. And, and even if you're not as old as me, you may. And this is one of his most famous songs. Honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. Honesty is hardly ever heard, and mostly what I need from you. Now, everybody on the chorus, no, not really. So, but some of you could, and I was a little bit afraid when I said that you might start. But wow, everybody wants honesty. Everybody wants it from somebody else, right? You need to be honest with me. If we're going to have a business dealing, you need to be honest with me with what I'm thinking. If we're in a relationship, you need to be honest with me. Whether we're talking about a husband-wife relationship or just a friend relationship, I want honesty. I want you to be honest with me. Back 17 years ago when we bought our house and, and you, we had to sign all those papers. I don't know if they still make you do it the same way today, but sign paper after paper. No wonder the Amazon forest is going away because we sign all those papers to buy a house. I mean, it went on. I, surely no one reads all of those papers. I don't know how you do that. But I said to the people, whenever we were signing them, because I'm a little bit odd and sometimes decide I'm going to preach a little bit when I'm somewhere with a few statements, so I just said, I just want you to know that I am filling out these papers for you. I am signing them for you. I am going to pay you what I said I would pay. They said, just keep signing, sir. So I just kept signing. 
But the idea is, and I understand the importance for legal documents, I get that, and we can get confused with what one party thought and the other, I get that. But the idea is, when I say I'm going to do something, I need to do what I said I would do, as long as it's ethical and right and, and godly, right? I need to do what I say I will do. I need to be a person that is honest, a person that lives the way they say that they do. Obviously, Jesus put it best in the Sermon on the Mount, in which in the Beatitudes of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This verse, there are several verses that can do it, but if I spend too much time just saying this verse, and sometimes that's what I do, I'll take a verse and I'll just say it over and over and put the emphasis on different words in the sentence. This one can bring me to tears every time. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I want to see God. I want to be with God. I'm not talking about just eye to eye. That's not what I mean. I mean being in the presence of God. And what God wants is purity. What God wants is that honesty that even Billy Joel talked about. What God wants is us to be pure in the way we treat each other and the way we think and the things we do. And oh, sometimes we struggle with it so much. But that is what God is looking for in us. When he talks about the heart, he's referring to the very center of one's being. The center of who we are. The very person I am. If you were able to boil it all down, who is David? What is it that is David? And he said, this is it. It's the heart that refers to the center of our being. That at my core, that I am, that I am pure, and honest, and authentic. At my core, that is who I am, and oh, that's who I want to be. I think if I were, and you're not supposed to do this, I think most people maybe would say, hey, he's a, he is an honest, authentic person. I think I'm that. But I also know I have so far to go to look like this, to be like Jesus, to be the way that he wants me to be. And oh, I want that more than anything. You know, the word hypocrite, some of you know that word, probably we all do to some degree, but originally what a hypocrite was, was like a Greek actor. And they would put on their, their mask and, and they would be a certain way, right? It just literally meant an actor. And a hypocrite doesn't show their real face. Incidentally, I started trying to do this too late, a lot of reasons for it, but I tried to find a mask that I was going to put on. It's Halloween time, it shouldn't be hard to find a mask, right? The only masks I could find were scary masks, and I thought, these aren't just going to scare the kids, they're going to scare me. So you don't have a mask, we're going to pretend today, okay? But a hypocrite doesn't show his real face or her real face. A hypocrite is one that pretends to be something they're not. They are one thing, but they claim to be another. And it is so incredibly disappointing when we find out that we have been played by someone. I don't mean just someone made a mistake. I don't mean that someone just 
they fell, and, and, and now here they are back. I mean, when someone plays us, oh, doesn't that make you mad? The way sometimes we can be treated by someone. There's a story that I've read three or four different times. I looked it up again this week about a man by the name of Victor Lustig. Some of you maybe have heard his story. There are so many things that that man did, a true hypocrite in every sense of the word. But Victor Lustig, back in, in the 1920s, 1925, he, uh, he was reading a newspaper, and he was reading that in Paris that the Eiffel Tower was under, had some disrepair and that they were going to need to fix some parts on the Eiffel Tower, and there was going to need, it was going to need to be repainted again. And some of the citizens didn't want to fix the Eiffel Tower because it was taxpayer money, and they didn't want to, to do that. Oh, but Lustig, he was a smart one, not a, good, not a good man, but a smart one. And he called a friend of his and had his friend make some stationery that looked like it was from the French government. And he went to Paris, and he went to a very fancy hotel in Paris, and he sent out letters from that hotel to all the largest scrap metal dealers in the country of France and said, meet me at this hotel for a meeting. So they all come to the hotel, and he talked in a low tone from, the, from a story I read to all of them saying, this is a big deal, what has happened? The government is going to sell the Eiffel Tower for scrap metal. They're getting rid of it, and there's going to be an auction. And one of you is going to win the highest bid to buy the Eiffel Tower so you can destroy it and sell it. And so they all talked to each other, and they were excited, but there was one man that was especially excited. Lustig saw him. He went over to the side he said, after everybody left, and he said, look, if you give me a bribe of tens of thousands of dollars, I will make sure that you win. And sure enough, the man gave Lustig the money, and Lustig fled for Vienna, Austria, and got away with it. And this is hard to believe, but he did it again. He sold the Eiffel Tower that he didn't own twice. And he came to the United States and through several different things in the midst of the Depression, he nearly took the U.S. economy down. You'll have to go and, and research this guy. Lustig is his last name. Incredible what he did. That is what we call a hypocrite on steroids, right? This is a hyper-hypocrite to appear to be one way, but then to be something else. Have you ever been around a boss like that? Have you ever been around a neighbor like that who you thought was your friend and they weren't? Have you ever been around a Christian like that? Claiming to be one thing and then something else. As one writer pointed out, we sometimes see hypocrisy in others, but not in ourselves. I see your faults. Matter of fact, if you, if you are wondering what is wrong with you, let me give you a piece of paper with a list and I can tell you what's wrong with you. And if I need reinforcements, I'll ask other people and we'll all get a big list about what's wrong with you. But we often don't see those things in ourselves. As Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Sometimes. In our hearts, we think higher of ourselves and lower of other people. Our feelings and conclusions, well, they can fool us sometimes, right? I mean, 
They tell us our feelings, tell us things that aren't necessarily true. I'll have to tell you how I got this body I have because I have this feeling I need to eat more, more snacks. And I have this body that tells me that I don't feel like exercising. Now, you can figure out that those feelings are telling me the wrong thing, right? That's what happens to all of us sometimes when we look at other people. I don't like the way that person smiles. I don't like their eyes, whatever it is. And I understand that we all have to have discernment. I'm not against that, and that's another subject. But it's this whole idea that sometimes my feelings are wrong. Even Martin Luther said, it's not on your screen, but Martin Luther said, feelings come and go, and feelings are deceiving, and the only thing worth believing is the Word of God. Now, I believe in feelings, and I believe in emotion, and Jesus died for our feelings just as He died for our brains and our hearts. But sometimes, I get off on an emotion that takes me down the wrong road of where I misjudge and miscalculate people because, because of, of who I am and, and what I let judge me or guard me. So what are we to do? What are we to do in a time like that? Well, the Bible's pretty clear. In James chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, for those of you who are here in our Sunday evening service, I've been going through some of these things. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep and let your laughter be torn to, turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Now, I want you to see this, this especially in kind of 21st century pop theology, this verse would not be read very many times because God is only about, for many people, not for everybody, but only to make us happy and to fulfill our dreams and so on. But I want you to see what he says here that's pretty strong. He says, be miserable and mourn and weep and mourn some more and make your joy turn to gloom. That is not necessarily the kind of thing that we would want to put on our Facebook page, right? But I want you to see why. It's all part of repentance. And so draw near to God, but don't draw near to God saying, God, here I am. You are so lucky to have me. It is I walked into God saying, I don't deserve to be here except by the blood of your son Jesus. The only way I can be here is because of Jesus he is the answer to everything, and I am nothing. And I draw near to God because I start remembering my sins, the sins of the things I've done, the things I haven't done, the things that I have thought, and oh, I feel so incredibly pathetic and sad. That's exactly the way a person should feel when they have done wrong, but the beautiful thing is while our joy goes to gloom, it comes back to joy because God forgives. God takes all of those things away and forgives. God calls us to take off the mask and to be authentic. Take it off and be real and say, here I am. 
It's not that I have to tell everybody all my problems. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about especially being authentic before God, saying, God, here I am. I'm not what I profess to be all the time, and I need to be so much better because I want to be like you, and I want to be like your son. And we take off that mask in order to be like Jesus. God wants us to repent and to be transformed but transformation is a process. It's not that we all just change all at once. It is happening all the time. If you were to ask me, how long have you been changing? It has been a long time. It has been decades that I have been changing. And sometimes I fall backwards and then I move forward. And I fall backwards and I move forward. And I'm always trying to make sure I'm more forward than I was before. And this isn't about some kind of thing of counting, I'm, counting and putting all my good things in one pile and my bad things in another. That is not what I mean. I mean I'm wanting to be transformed to look more and more like Jesus. And more than I look like, I want to be more like him today than I was yesterday. And it is a process that goes on and on. God wants more than surface changes. It's not just, okay, now I will go to church on Sunday morning. It's not like, yes, and now I will smile at people. No, it's not like that. It's so much deeper. The only times, if you'll see in the Gospels, when Jesus really gets upset with someone, it's always with religious people. It's never with the sinners, it doesn't seem. It's with the religious people, with the Pharisees, who were the most religious of all of Israel. And in Matthew chapter 23, verses 25 through 26, he has seven what are called woes. Now here's one of them. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. <clears throat> you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup so that the outside may also become clean. You look like one thing, but you are really something else. Back when I was a kid, a teenager, we had some glasses, not quite like this, but they were similar. I don't think we had a handle on the side. One night, in the middle of the night, my mother got up to get a drink of water. Glass, it was nice glass. It had Ours had flowers. This one has hearts on it and says, you're a gem. So, as in a G-E-M, not a J-I-M. So, so, she got up to get a drink of water in the middle of the night, goes into the faucet. I don't hear this, any of this, until later. Turns on the faucet, gets the drink, and inside the cup was a spider that bit her on the lip. Now, you will all think differently before you get a drink in the middle of the night, right? It doesn't matter how beautiful the cup is on the outside. You're worried about, the, about what's on the inside. In this part of the world, it could have been a cockroach, right? We worry about what's on the inside rather than just the outside. Of course, you want the outside to be clean. It's great when you have a cup that's pretty or nice or cool, whatever you think. But it's the inside that matters so much. So he says to the Pharisees, you people who look so religious. He says to Memorial. He says to all Christians everywhere. You people that look so religious. Work on your inside. Then the outside will take care of itself. You see, it's about the heart. It's about the core of who we are. 
Humans can't do all this alone. It's beyond us. It takes God's help. I think of the way God put it, or the way Paul did through God and the Holy Spirit in Philippians 1.6. I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is a heart that wants to rid itself of, at least this is what Paul was saying, hearts that want to rid themselves of hypocrisy, that want to take the good work that God has started and let God do good things through that individual. Transformation of changing to be more like God. So here's my question for us today. While I take off the mask and be real, to be real with God. You know, sometimes I think in our prayer life, maybe our private prayer, maybe our public prayer, at least when I was growing up and the way I was taught to, to pray, what I heard, and, and I don't mean to judge people, I'm just telling you the sense kind of that I had sometimes, that sometimes maybe, maybe we weren't wanting to, to just tell God things. So I would talk about things in prayer that really weren't the things that I was dealing with. Or I even wonder if it's possible that some preachers have ever preached lots of sermons on things that were very theoretical because they didn't want to talk about the things that they were dealing with. And so it could be sometimes we try to keep God away from us, even though we claim to be God's people. And what he calls for is for us to be real and authentic. The world is a mess, and we all understand that pretty well. If you watch the news or even hear the news, you know that. This week, what's happened in Israel is really scary, especially if you are there. What's happened in Ukraine and happening there is terrible. What has happened over the last couple of years that doesn't get on the news as much is what's happening in Miramar or the things that are happening in northern Africa over the last several months. The world is a mess. It is more important, perhaps, than ever before. Let me say it has never been less important for Christians to be authentic people, to be people that are right before God, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is, and to admit we need help. The only answer for the world is Jesus. The only answer is for people to be authentic, God-loving, Bible-loving, Jesus-loving people that go into the world and help their neighbors authentically, help people they don't know authentically, pray for this world. That is the only hope. Jesus is that hope. So I have to decide while I take off the mask and pray and live and stand for the one who gave his life for me on the cross. Will I be that person at work? Will I be that person in my community? 
Will I be that person in my marriage or in my home with my siblings? Will I be that person? This morning, maybe you are ready to say yes, and I am ready to be baptized into Jesus. And you are ready. You can come forward right now. You can catch me afterwards and be baptized into Jesus. And what happens is he takes away all those old sins. It all goes away. And he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, God living in us. And he says, you're in my kingdom. And I'm always going to be with you. Unless you leave me, I'm always going to be here. And he takes us back over and over and over again. Oh, and for others of us who have been baptized into Jesus, maybe we just need to say, Lord, maybe it's a public prayer, maybe it's just private, maybe it's just you and God, and say, I want to be authentic. I want to be real with you, God. I want to tell you what is scaring me to death. I want to tell you what I'm struggling with. I want to tell you what I've done wrong, and you already know it, but I've got to get it off my chest and let you know and hear it from my heart. And maybe you need help with prayer. We want to help you with that. You can write to us at elders at mcoc.org. The elders will pray for you if you want them to. I'll pray for you if you want me to. We want to be real people. Come this morning as we stand and sing.